Hey, 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 welcome back to the Women's Healthy Living Club podcast. Also known as the WHLC podcast. I'm your host, Darian. And today I have with me my love, Tom, again. Hey. Hi. Tom's going to interview me about. What are you interviewing me about? I'm going to interview you about uh, strength training. Right, because I've been consistent, like a good girl, and it's great, and I'm excited to talk about it. So let's get going. Let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. So first of all, overall, not speaking consistently, but when did you start? What was your first exposure to strength training? I know you mentioned maybe in high school or something like that, but what was your oh. first, your very first introduction to strength training, and what did that look like? What was the general like vibe and feel and and attitude around it. <laughs> this is a great question. During that time. So my first time ever picking up how about just using a barbell cuz that's like sure. strength training basics, use sure. a barbell. It's very symbolic. Right. You see the barbell and it's like that's strength training. Anywho, first time was in high school. I did a personal development PE class because I heard it was dope and I found out that if you were an athlete in personal development and you had a game that day, Fuck your PE class. You got to sit out. So I was like, <laughs> go ahead, sign what, me up. What year in high school? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was freshman year because I was playing basketball. And then I stopped playing – well, no. I did basketball, then I did track. And then the second two years of high school, I didn't really do anything um, sports-wise because I just – was over it and wanted to focus on – well, I did cheerleading in junior year and then senior year I didn't do anything but school. So in this personal development class, what was – how were you introduced to the barbell? What? Um, so the guy who ran the personal development class was a was a football coach. So it was very like Brochatsky, you know, like what you're going to do is you're going to pick it up, you know, like just <laughs> like some, some macho-ass man like telling me how to use the barbell safely. I remember we learned how to do power cleans – and like some some Olympic lifts, I think those are Olympic lifts, where you like okay, you're throwing the bar and shit. You're like kind of throwing it. And catch it over your head. Yeah, yeah. We did those to start with. We did some agility work in that um, class too, but we would just have. I don't remember if he like wrote a workout for the day and we all just did it, or if he we had specific programs. I don't think we had specific programs. I would have remembered that. But it'd be like, okay, today we're going to work on bench and squat, or today we're going to work on uh, just basic ass lifts. So and you like, were still just doing all the basic stuff, bench, yeah. squat. Yeah. Deadlift. Deadlift. Yep. And pa power cleans. Power we did a lot clean. of power cleans. Any like rows or chin-ups? <clears throat> um, chin-ups were encouraged, but I could not do them. Yeah. And he was not very good at like modifying. It was yeah. like, oh, if you can't do a chin-up, then just like – do this agility course, like occupy the time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't very personalized. I don't know offense to have that coaches. I'm sure you're not listening to this podcast, but um, that was my memory of personal development class. And so it kind of, uh, with the personal development class, as that came and went, so did your barbell training. Yeah. You didn't keep it up after that. To be totally honest, it was a ploy to get out of PE. Yeah. Honestly. So your original intentions weren't to lift weights. I didn't want to exercise. Yeah. So I took the class that let me have breaks. Okay. Which was funny. Um, so now let's fast forward a little bit. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when did you start strength training again? And not necessarily consistently, but just like when was it reintroduced to you? 
and what was different about the reintroduction, either the way it was presented or the way you perceived it, what what had changed? And that could be a developmental answer, like not like, you know. The one point in time. Yeah, not the one point yeah. in time necessarily, but sure. like over time, yeah. the reintroduction, how, what, uh, how did that go for you? Well, so the reintroduction was from you in Alaska. Remember we were doing, we were doing the poop scooping and trying to move all the goat shit out of the barn. And I was struggling hard. Like it broke me to where I was laying in the grass and just crying. Like I can't go on. And Tom was like, so kind. He's got this big old, uh, what are the, what was that thing called that we drove? The, um, the rhino. The rhino. It was like a four wheeler, like go kart, like a rugged go- golf cart yeah, sort of. Yeah, off road golf cart. And we filled it up with a bunch of goat shit. And he's like rolling past me while I'm laying in the grass, like sobbing. He's like, you, you know what? Just stay there. Just stay there. It's okay. <laughs> I was like broken. And then that was the trip. During that trip, you're like, Darren, you need to start strength training. Like, you can't you can't be broken down by shoveling goat poop. <laughs> like, you can't be broken down by, you know, this like simple stuff. And I was like, damn, he's right. And he'd been trying to convince me to strength train for a while, but um, I always had the idea of like, well, if I strength train, like I had a lot of insecurity about my own femininity. Like I always thought I was too boyish or too intense or too intimidating. And I always thought like, well, I'm missing something as far as femininity goes because whatever, for various reasons. Um, So lifting weights to me was like the last thing that was going to make me more feminine. I was like, look, nigga, I already got a problem with being too masculine. And now you want me to lift weights? Like that is just putting the masculine cherry on top. I don't want that. I want to be more ladylike and I'm struggling with that. So I was really um, apprehensive to starting it. So Tom and his wonderful skilled self was like, you know what? You can strength train without lifting weights. Lo and behold, like just fucking do something. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. But I did anyway. And I remember we started out with um, good mornings, with unweighted good mornings, single leg good mornings. And I was so sore in my hamstrings. Those are really hard though. They were hard. Because like. Even just lunges. You had me doing basic ass lunges and yeah, I couldn't do a lunge. That's true. Like for more than 10 reps without being really sore the next day. So just some basic stuff. Oh, we did hangs. We did like hangs on the um, goat barn metal stuff. And I don't remember the other stuff we did. But that was my first introduction to like – Modified push-ups. Regu- like like uh, intentional exercise, like not just getting activity through what you're doing throughout the day. Like you're trying to turn on your muscles or whatever. Um, that didn't stick very well because – what I did was then started practicing a bunch of yoga and I was like, I did my lunges in my yoga practice. I did them. So it's done. But it wasn't the same for sure because the yoga was like mobility movement and the calisthenics were more like you wanted me to like do really slow eccentrics at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was not doing that in my yoga practice. And then after that, so I stopped for a long time, was just rolling around the floor doing yoga and then we got our first jobs graduating out of school and we could pay for a gym membership at Gold's. And Gold's Gym was the first place that I fell in love with barbell lifting. For real. Like I was doing those lifts and I just felt so good leaving the place. Like like it must be what like the Hulk feels like when he turns into the Hulk. Like, <laughs> And I was like, it's me. I'm the Hulk now. It felt wonderful. Charged, alive. It was great, great feeling. So 
Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit now. That was maybe three or four years, three or four years ago. So in the past three, four years, what has your strength training looked like in terms of, let's just start with consistency. Okay. (laughs) So, so then I was on, uh, the five, three, one program, which is basic lifts, like the squat deadlift row push up or bench press. I think I was doing push ups though, because weak as fuck. Yeah. Um, and that was great. And I was pretty consistent for, I think I lasted a month <laughs> back then. But then I, the funny thing is I like did the strength training and I thought, okay, I, I'm done. I got all the benefit. Like, you know, <laughs> this the dumbest thought you could possibly have. Yeah. Exercise. I was like, I'm good. I don't need any more. Yeah. But uh, I do, and I did. And so then now, so I dropped off again because we, we were moving all over the place. Like we were working on the farm for some part of that. So I was like, I'm not going to lift weights if I'm lifting weights all day. Like I'm doing deadlifts all day carrying dirt. So there's no reason to do extra. And I remember both of us kind of felt that way. Yeah, and that's that's true. It was to integrated. A, to a degree, yeah, I was already integrated. And uh, I love I love breaking down the word recreation. Yeah. Because recreation, if you just break it down, it's a recreation of, you know, of doing shit that like normally used to be integrated into life where you didn't have to go out of your way to move your body and pick things up because it was built into your life. Yeah. It was like a lifestyle norm. Yeah. And so when you work on a farm, that is norm. And like you're getting strong. Yeah. Farmer strength. (laughs) Like that's real. It's a real thing. That's very real. Dude, so many buckets of dirt, so many like baskets of heavy root vegetables like i just remember a lot of being really sore well would you say that your previous strength training before working on a farm helped you survive the farm work oh yeah oh yes because i think that the strength training like one solidifies proper form like if you put a huge demand on your proper form then you're likely to resort to that form no matter what and i if i would have had bad form with all those with all the heavy work we did like ooh. I'd had way worse back issues and like way more um, challenge doing the jobs. Yeah. So um, I think that helped a lot. But that's why the consistency stopped because we started farming. Then we moved to Chicago, got jobs there. And then I was just – that was my first time starting to train jujitsu. So I was just focused on like don't die in class. (laughs) Yeah. Don't die in class. And like strength training was like a way far away thing. And I saw some jujitsu people – at new breed like lifting weights before class and i remember looking at them like who the fuck are they like that is scary <laughs> shit like how do they do that yeah. how are they like how do they have the capacity and i think i think um we had talked about that and you know from steve maxwell's recommendation when you know he he has said in the past um I'm, i imagine he would still uh agree with the statement but when you're starting jiu-jitsu or starting jiu-jitsu again after a long break to focus just on that like get your body used to the chaos being around on the mat (laughs) and all that stuff and once that kind of settles down you're not don't feel like you got hit by a car after every practice Mm -hmm. then you can start reintroducing strength training and so you train consistently in chicago for what nine months or whatever it was yeah legit almost every day but classes were an hour (laughs) for my warrior bitches that are listening right now one hour (laughs) (laughs) so so um so now that you're a little more consistent with your strength training um 
what what does your strength training look like? Because a lot of people think who are like untrained or are uninformed on the subject, they picture bodybuilding. Like you're just they, growing out in the gym. They picture Monday is chest and tries, Tuesday is back and buys, Wednesday is legs, yeah. and then Thursday is abs and shoulders, and uh, Friday is uh, cardio, <clears throat> you know? No, thank you. <laughs> so, so and, and doing, you know, three three exercises per muscle group oh god and like you said three sets of 10 at least four sets of 12 if you're going for that pump like what what does what so that's what a lot of people they're thinking in their mind when they see people at the gym just doing you know reps of isolation movements and so what does your strength training look like and and why does it look that way based on what you're trying to get out of it and your lifestyle all right so i'm not trying to be a bodybuilder I don't need extra muscles. I just want my muscles to be fully usable. Like I want to like the bicep that I have, I want to use all that motherfucking bicep. I don't want any extra. Just want to be able to maximize it. And so my I also want to maximize my time. Like I don't like being at the gym. I don't. Like not my favorite. Bunch of dudes usually, they're all grunting and shit and there's like even though it's it's a gym, it's a public space or whatever, there's still like to see a woman move freely is still kind of weird in some places. So like you get some weird stares sometimes. It's like, sorry, I'm doing my full squat. Like, so it's kind of just a weird setting to be in as a female, personally, I think. That's why I'm glad we have weights at home. But my current strength training program is very simple. Like I have, I only lift two days a week. And in those two days, I have three to four lifts that I do. And each lift is usually like in total, I'm probably doing less than 20 reps. Are they isolation bicep curls? and No, they're extensions? gross motor full body movements. Like they're like compound movements. Would you yeah. Mean? They're like systemic movements. Yeah. Compound. Is that the right yeah. terminology? Strength conditioning coach, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Compound movements. <laughs> Thank you for this information. I love to learn. <laughs> and to be clear, a compound movement is when you're, you know, you're using more than one joint. Like a, okay. an isolation exercise is like a bicep curl where you're isolating the elbow. Right. A compound movement similar would be like a row because you're, yeah, you're flexing your bicep and elbow, but you're also bracing with your core. extending your shoulder, yeah. bracing your whole body to for stability and I got you. so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So I have one isolation exercise on my program right now and it's because I got weak ass hamstrings. But that's the only one. Even that one. No, that is a single joint exercise. The glute hams. Technically. Pretty much. Yeah. So I do those. Um, I have a sumo deadlift and a floor press, bench press with a bridge. I hold a bridge and bench press on the floor. Um, And then that's day one. And then the day two, I have squats and overhead press and pull-ups. And that's it. And each one of those, like, I usually don't go past five by five. On a certain, on a particular set. What's five by five mean? Like five. So how does this work? So each, I get a weight, like I progress the weight over the sets. And each set doesn't go past five reps. Like it's never, unless I'm feeling fucking on top of the world. Like the other time. So at most you're doing five sets of about five reps, give or take. At most. And you add weight to each set. Right. So it's heavy. So it gets progressively heavier as you go along. Yeah. Progressively heavier with less reps as the weight increases. Right. Okay. So that's what it looks like now. And it honestly, 
when I get in there and I like, I'm not like, you know, dicking around on my phone or like, you know, getting distracted by other things in the gym. <laughs> if I go in there or even if I'm lifting at home um, with, and I go in with like a business attitude, like I'm just going to go in, get my chef done, check the boxes, do the numbers and get out. Probably takes me like 50 minutes. Like it's not very long. And that's including the warm up too. So that's not, not a lot of time for all the benefit you get from it. What's your warm up look like? Why don't <laughs> you explain that and the why it's important? Warm ups are great. I was the worst at warming up. I'm just I <laughs> young blood. I don't know if that's what it is, but I'm just like I don't need to warm up. I'm just gonna go right in and just do this thing. Injury has showed me otherwise that I do need to warm up. Not injury from lifting weights or whatever, um, but from other things that warming up's important. So my current warm up for. Strength training is um, locomotion of the lower body. Like I just do some knee squeezes or knee hugs, some butt kicks, slow butt kicks, like getting a stretch kind of. Um, I do some forward folding to stretch out my hamstrings. Each of those I do like 10 to 15 reps per leg. Uh, stretch out my butt a little bit. And I do, I just now started integrating the jump rope into my warm ups. I should have been doing it forever because it's so much fun. And it really helps you just get excited because you're jumping around. Like, how is the jumping around not the funnest thing on earth? So that helps. And then I also do some core um, activation, like some planking and some body saw type stuff to like really turn on my abs so that I don't lose my shit in the middle of these complex movements. And then uh, exercise bands for my upper body. And for my, well, exercise band, just the regular kind for um, like turning on my arms. And then I do the, what are those bands called? The short, small loop, loop, small loop band. You know, the ones that you see people like trying to get their butt bigger with those. <laughs> put it around your legs. Yeah. You put it around your legs and I do some like walking stuff with that. side steps, side steps and forward walking and backward walking with you know, like a fight stance to try to, you know, turn that on Yeah. before squat. So that's what my warm ups look like right now. Jumping rope's the best though. <laughs> so good answers. Thank you. Yeah. Very informative. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love jumping rope. It's great. It's so and um, if you don't have a jump rope, it's $10 on Amazon. It's one of those things that like the, the older I get, <laughs> <laughs> The older I get, the more I realize that like people my age or older or younger, once they're done playing sports or whatever they did in high school or college, they no longer move like an athlete, but they still think they can. Mm -hmm. And so mainly I'm talking about like, you know, ballistic movements like jumping rope or jumping or sprinting in general, because like people will stay consistent with like slow weight training like lifting you know slow and controlled like we like we do most of the time mm -hmm. um but people lose that uh elasticity of their body and i've it, i've met people on more than one occasion who are seemingly healthy and fit and they go to the gym but and they lift weights but they don't they don't actually move at the speed of sport anymore, which is like fast, you know, like sprinting or, or cutting or, or whatever, jumping. And people, you know, like I said, they're fit and healthy. They lift weights at the gym, but then they go and play a random pickup game of basketball and blow their Achilles. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen it more than once and it just shocks me um, how uh, people 
have such false perceptions about their abilities. Well, and how specific your training needs to be if you're going to continue stuff. That's a really good point. It matters. And so I want to be able to sprint and jump as long as I can. And so So just by... So you got to sprint and jump. So you got to sprint and jump. And and a good way to maintain that like elasticity of your, of your, especially your legs and calves and feet is jumping rope. Yeah. And it's super simple. You know what? I think people, I think jumping rope takes some serious humility. It does. Like people don't want to be seen tripping up. Yeah. And like, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. It's just jumping. Well, and, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. And it's actually just, just like running. It's extremely simple, but also incredibly complex. Yeah. And like people jump rope, they oftentimes do it poorly and don't do it right. And but when it's done right, it's a full body warm up. You're warming up from your toes to the top of your head because if you're jumping rope, you know, with good posture, your whole all your back stabilizers, all your neck stabilizers, your shoulder movement, your shoulder you know, your rotator cuff as you're spinning the rope. Yeah. My abs get sore when I jump rope. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. For a long, long you know, cause you're holding, you know, your, your pelvis stable as you're jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's just good for coordination and reflexes and, fun. and it's a lot of fun too. Um, I need it for my calves for sure. And, like, and I don't warm up my calves other than jumping rope. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also like, again, it's a good warm up because, you're, you know, you're stimulating like a more reactive and faster, you know, you're waking up your nervous system, mm-hmm. uh, in a good, you know, in a, in a good way too. And we do other things on top of that, but you know, that I would say most bang for your buck is jumping rope. Yeah. it's great. Five minutes, just set a timer for five minutes. And like, doesn't matter if you trip up, doesn't matter if you whip yourself a billion times. Cause I have, you just try, keep trying to jump. And if you, if you don't want to do it with a jump rope, Try jumping without one. It's yeah. way more boring and a lot harder. But if you're worried about looking stupid, it, you'll look less stupid if you have a jump rope. Yeah. And just jumping in place. <laughs> <laughs> true that. Double true. In my opinion. Yep. <laughs> um, so moving on now. Um, so since you've been, you know, you've been strength training off and on for the last, you know, three, four years, but mm-hmm. consistently for the last few months, mm-hmm. um, and you've been, seems like you've really been digging it, what what benefits have you noticed um, and and why do they fuel you to keep training? Um, after strength training, I legit feel like a battery that's been charged. Like for real, I leave. It's not – I never feel like, oh, like I left left it all at the gym, bitch. Like no, I don't ever <laughs> feel that way. I always Because, well, like, you need to save that for other things. Like jujitsu. But I definitely – I feel more uh, connected to my body like in the movements that I could do and I feel more uh, stable in them. Like the integrity – like especially with jiu-jitsu, there's a lot of like knee swiveling and a lot of just swivelly, wiggly movements yeah. that are not traditional. Like they're not in the same old sagittal plane that everybody's used to operating in. And so sometimes before like when I was – just started jujitsu, I felt like a, a piece of bubble gum, like just being wrecked by everybody. Like, <laughs> whoop, whoop, and like, I would go home and feel like my shoulders were just going to fall out like, of where they were. <laughs> it was a terrible feeling, very humbling and very fun still. But strength training makes me feel like I can handle a little bit more without feeling as wrecked. And I go back to strength training because um, I know – I know the benefits now because I've been educated on it. So that helps if, if, I mean, the more awareness you have about something, the better usually. Um, and in that case, that, that keeps me going. Cause I know 
one, it's a, it's a spark for my metabolism and I, and girl likes to eat. And so mm-hmm. like that part, but it's not like it's strength training is not like, I can't strength train then feel hungry after. Like, I don't usually feel like, Oh, I got to eat now. Like, I don't feel that way of strength training at all. But what keeps me going back is the, the feeling of integrity in my body. Like, yeah. Like I know how to turn on my quad. I know how to stop my knee from going certain directions with control, like things like that. Yeah. is what keeps me going back. Yeah. And I, I agree. And it's been four months, by the way, I know now it's four months. Nice. Um, and I would agree. I would say like, especially with jujitsu, like the biggest benefit of strength training is just keeping yourself safe Yeah. and not getting hurt or getting less hurt than you would have otherwise, because you have a little bit more control mm-hmm. and like you can, you know, slow down the you know, getting tapped out or have the control to even be able to hold on long enough just to tap. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. people will, you know, yeah. sometimes shit's really tight and they crank on it and they don't, you know, they're not sure. Yeah. Like good training partners are not like, obviously you're going to get the crazy white belts who uh, are, you know, just spaz people who, who are just spastic all the time. But even with your, you know, your good training partners, sometimes things get slapped on real tight, real fast. And like, you know, it, it really helps to have that, little, you know, that extra, extra gear to hold yourself, you know, uh, together yeah. while you can, you know, reach to tap or yell to tap or whatever yeah. you got to do. Um, and so, I mean, that's like probably one of my top three reasons why I strength train. Yeah. It was just to sure. stay just injury prevention. Like that's well, the biggest thing. Also, you know, the nature of my work requires some heavy lifting. True. And so it's not that I couldn't do it before, but now it's like, I see like, okay, max assist times two bring it on. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck before well, I'd be like, Oh no. Yeah. You're not a worker's comp liability. Now. No. Like how many people lift with nurses? Like I've seen so many nurses and healthcare workers backs. who are in, in <laughs> our physical therapy clinic for a bulge disc from yeah. lifting wrong yeah. or from a patient falling an unexpected, uh-huh. uh, an unexpected use of strength. Yeah. Causing them to, their bodies just break because they're not prepared. right. But when you, when you strength train, you're conditioning your nervous system to be reactive. And so, and reactive in a strong place. So like if that happens and there is a time where you have to use strength without like spontaneous strength, then you're less likely to injure yourself. Yeah. And you can turn it on way faster and to a quickly. higher degree. Yeah. I definitely, there are, it's funny when little old ladies, they're like, cause they're, I'm looking at them. I'm like, yeah, you're probably about like 80, 90 pounds with all the dehydration and stuff. And they're like, can you boost me in bed? I'm like, yeah, sure, hon. Cross your arms. And I like grab the little sheet. And they're like, well, go get a friend. You're going to need somebody. Don't hurt yourself. And I'm like, honey, hunty, hunty. Like 80 pounds is going to be okay. You're fine. We're going to make it. So that helps a lot. Mostly. But mostly for jujitsu is why I keep going back to yeah. doing it. And it's just something to like, I feel it's a huge benefit for your mentality, especially as a female. Yeah. Because female, female. Because, um, you know, there's this big old thing, the big old feminist movement, shasha, saying like, how like don't put women in a box and women aren't just meant to be soft and quiet and whatever. And then like there are women that are on that train, but continuing to be soft and be quiet and then being upset that they're being put in that box. But in my opinion, strength training is a way to prove to yourself as a woman that you aren't just that, that you have power, that you have an ability to overcome challenge, that you can problem solve, that you can show up on days that you don't feel like showing up strength training does that for me where I'm like, 
you know, I've been consistent this long. I know it's benefiting me. I know it's only going to continue to benefit me. So just keep going. And the nice thing about it is, especially in the, in the style of strength training that we do, which is pretty minimal effective dose. Like we're not looking for hypertrophy. We're not looking to gain big muscles. We're just looking to maximize the strength of our bodies, the size that they are. Right. Um, It's actually once the, once you're, once you hit a certain level of strength, it's actually quite easy to maintain. Yeah. Like it's really easy to maintain. And even if you do miss a week or two or four, it comes back even faster. Like, don't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll still keep training. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, you're not there quite yet. Uh, I've got a little ways. Once you've been consistent for like five years. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm really enjoying the strength training. It's also like a – it's become kind of like a yoga practice to me. Well, okay. So I actually had a question about that. Um, you you have a lot of time practicing yoga. Can you explain the similarities and differences of yoga and strength training? Similarities um, I think come by choice. Like I approach weightlifting as if I'm zen as fuck. Like I don't want to be the person in the gym that's like <sighs> – you know, like fucking blowing their face out just to pick up this weight. Like if it's going to be picked up, I'm going to pick it up with class and like, so you're not, kindness. you're not ego lifting, not ego lifting. Yeah. That's, a good, way to to that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I just want to like, I want to a... be able to like, someone should be able to take a picture of my face and be like, wow, she looks like she's calming in a spa. Yeah. That's a bro culture term. Ego Is lifting. It? Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I choose to do that based off my experience with yoga. Um, because in the same, in the similarity of yoga versus strength training, you need that level of awareness to be safe during the lifts. And so, um, when you have that calm sense over your, over your spirit or whatever, while you're (laughs) doing the weights or the yoga, it helps you to be more in tune to your body. And the more in tune and aware you can be in your body, the better benefit you get and the better activation you get of your muscular system. Yeah. So so in, in a way they're they're similar because you have to have that union mm-hmm. of your mind and body mm-hmm. to do the thing whatever the thing is mm-hmm. whether it's you know doing some intricate hand balance or lifting something really heavy like you have to be present to be able to do it well um the difference is though yoga at first, for most people, is a great way to get into strength training because it is slow, it's controlled, it's um, in the right places it is, I should say. It's yeah. meant to be that way. Yeah. Depends um, how it's done, obviously. Yeah. So there are some places that are like, up dog, Just down dog, forward, it, 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 it. <laughs> That's different. But it's meant to be like five breaths in each pose. You're supposed to be very centered yeah. in it. Um, and there's no resistance other than yourself and gravity. So it's a great way to orient yourself to like, okay, this is what gravity feels this way and this way and this way. And when you can orient yourself to gravity, then orient yourself to resistance under gravity gets a lot easier. Yeah. So I think if people are getting, but then there comes a point in yoga where it's not as high of a demand and you're not getting the same benefits. Well, I was going to say like for the untrained person who's never done any type of resisting, resistive exercise, yoga is strength training at first for a little bit, but I mean, again, it's a very, very low level because if it's hard to hold your own body up, you're weak. 
Right. So it's a great way to start. So if it's you're a that good weak. starting point. Yeah. And, and that's how, I mean, that's how Shame. I progress. Everyone's how you started. I started you with calisthenics yeah. using your own body weight, mm-hmm. you know, being able to manage, move well and lift and, and, gravity. and carry <laughs> your own body weight against gravity in different positions, which I just basically described yoga. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, that's what it is. But that is a very, uh, quick to, um, hit a ceiling. Yeah. And it's a glass ceiling because Where it, you can it get turns over. turns into like muscle endurance. Yeah, it turns into endurance and then you're only going to again, strength is a very specific thing, so you're only going to be strong doing the things that you're doing. Right. And some parts of yoga are not strengthening and are actually meant to do the opposite and loosen and mobilize a joint and that can be overdone too where Yeah. like I I did it wasn't a serious injury, but I like was doing this like down dog flow thing. And I thought I had all this mobility and control and I had too much mobility where I had moved and like definitely overstretched something in my Mm -hmm. shoulder for a little bit. I remember that. Yeah. I had a little wrap at the Washington street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yoga can, some people can take yoga a little too far because it's, it has this concept of like, you must be entirely open and you should be like, a cloth doll, like our bodies are meant to be cloth dolls and it's just our nervous system and our mentality that prevents us from accessing yeah. different things. But think about why you want to access those things, you know, yeah. like and what's a deep back bend really going to do for you? Right. Not much Not except really. for set you up for back problems down the road. Potentially. Um, if, Makes you unless, on Instagram unless for a little you bit. have like literally the strongest abs in the world, but I don't know how you got that doing back bends. Well, then the other thing is people are failing to counter with strengthening and stabilization. Yeah. So that's where it gets tricky. You have to agree. I mean, a huge principle of yoga is balance and people are like heavy, heavily going into mobility and yin and ignoring yang and stability. Yeah. So and that can create problems, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. And then, well, it is and it isn't. And, and another thing about between yoga and weightlifting is that if you look at the majority of the population who does either, people generally tend to gravitate towards things they're already good at. Right. So so, you see really muscly, stable people doing heavy lifting. You see really gumby, skinny people doing yoga because it's easy for them. Yeah. And and then switch places. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, you know, and I've seen, you know, in, in the clinic in physical therapy, I've seen people who you know, are naturally predisposed to be hypermobile and have loose joints and they love yoga because they're good at it. Mm -hmm. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum, like big stiff dudes who are, they, all they do is lift weights, but they can't, you know, they can't touch their toes or tie their shoe, uh, can barely wipe their ass because they're so stiff and bulky. Mm -hmm. And when, when really like, you know, people love to do what they're naturally good at. So people gravitate towards things they're predisposed to to be better at and all that. But really, if you're truly like, you know, trying to enlighten yourself, you should, you, you would be doing the things that you are uh, less predisposed to be good at, you know, non-attribute based things that you need to get better at. So like the bulky, weightlifter guys need more yoga yeah. and the the gumby yoginis need needs some more stability oh by the way if you start lifting weights and you're a yogini say hello to the longest hand balances you will ever have in your life like some of the things that i thought were impossible to hold are now way more accessible because i have more access and understanding of how to be stable in those spots so Lifting has definitely benefited my ability to access certain poses in yoga. 
if you ask me, or hold them for longer periods of time. Another correlation between the two um, is the breathing. Breathing is a big focus of yoga, coordinating your breathing to movement, and I think it's an important skill to have when you go to lift weights as well, to be able to coordinate your breath, especially as things start getting heavy. Yeah, I would agree. So they help each other, I think. Oh, but what you're talking about reminded me of that Bob Marley quote in his song. It's like, uh, the things people refuse are the things they should choose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because um, it's, you know, it's important to uh, strengthen your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, our culture nowadays wants to do the exact opposite and completely ignore your weaknesses and only be acknowledged by your strength. Just truck on forward. <laughs> um, and so, well, yeah. And just like, I really noticed the benefits of weightlifting once I started like in, in college. I mean, I probably started, I mean, I started weightlifting in high school, but I was still, still had the same kind of, uh, perception of barbells as, as you were talking about earlier of like, it's just, it's just bro bodybuilding culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had just gotten into the martial arts at that time. And so, um, you know, it was all about body weight, calisthenics and, uh, kettlebells. I got my first kettlebell when I was probably 16, wow. maybe 15 <laughs> or 16. Cool. And so still doing the traditional lifts, but just not using barbells and stuff like that. Um, which kind of, uh, leads me to another question, a little more, lighter subject but what's your what's your favorite piece of training equipment tool tool or piece of training equipment like barbell kettlebell body weight bosu ball barbell and kettlebell yeah yeah why i love the kettlebell because it's easy to access like i could take that kettlebell to work and put it under my desk and then have like a 10 minute lunchtime workout that fucking wrecks me in the best way like brings me to a fatigue state so i can deplete my muscles of glycogen and then get my meal into my muscles instead of wherever. So it's like, it's quick, it's quick and accessible is why I like the kettlebell and it, and you can progress to really challenging stuff really easily with the same kettlebell. Like you don't have to stack plates. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything, but just keep your fucking bell with you and then you're good to go. And that, and like, if it's getting too easy, like if five minutes is too easy, try 10, try 15, like you can always, uh, or try more intense, like try to put more power behind the bell. Mm-hmm. You can always change the level of intensity with just a few variables. The barbell I like a lot though, because of its stability, like it's just, it's, it's easy to progress. It's easy to progress. Regress. It's not, it's not necessarily rocket science. It's the same lift every single time. It's just a little bit heavier, you know? And it's like, it's become kind of a ritual to me, like how people worship their yoga mats. You know, it's like, I, I know my, my placements on the bar mm-hmm. for these specific things. And like each time it's gotta be the same and it's a little meticulous, but it's mm-hmm. like, um, easy to, easy to just show up and do, Yeah, especially if you're going to a gym. Yeah. Um, cause they're everywhere. Yeah. And that's why I like the barbell too. It's the most, I find it to be the most time efficient and easiest to progress because mm-hmm. you can, you can, you can strength train and keep progressing for the rest of your life with just kettlebells. You can do it with just body weight. You can do it with just resistance bands. You can do it with just dumbbells. You can do it with just barbells. But I think barbells are the easiest to, you know, keep progressing. Cause like with body weight stuff, you and need faster, to like and faster. Yeah. Body weight takes a lot of time. Body weight can take a lot of time. And like, once you're, once you get into like, uh, you know, 
once you've kind of maxed out your body weight chin-ups and you need to start either adding weight or doing other variations, then you're doing, you know, kind of these one-sided variations. So you're literally doubling your sets because you have to do a set for your right arm and then a set for your left arm. So it like doubles your time and it's kind of same thing with the kettlebell. Um, kind of, um, it's just the progressions are a little different. Instead of just adding weight, you have to switch progressions and you know manipulate the levers differently and like all that kind of stuff there's definitely more uh like mental energy required to up or progress a kettlebell body weight yeah because you have to be more creative and think outside the box a little bit and you have to have some self-honesty like are you really slamming it as hard as you can true Mm, yeah but the barbell there's no room for dishonesty because you're just going right up to the edge every time yeah so i like the barbell a lot yeah I'm, i'm a big fan as well not the most portable, but yeah, you do what you can. Yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more That's questions. That's a lot here. of questions, yeah. Well, let's just wrap it up because we kind of covered everything else here. Okay. So, um, in in closing, here, what advice can you give to people who are hesitant about uh, starting strength training, um, either based on like false assumptions um, or due to like false assumptions about the benefits or due to like a self-esteem or lack of confidence issue, men or women. Cause mm. you know, yeah. First piece of advice. Don't knock it till you try it for a good three months. Um, that's great advice. Yeah. Like just try it. People there's, I've never understood why people like refuse to try things. Cause I've been one of those people all my life where I'm like, what's that? Sure. Yeah. Bring it on. What's going to happen? Yeah. I'm up for adventure almost always. So let's try it. And it's another one of those things like people, love good news about their bad habits. Mm-hmm. And so when people have a false perception, especially about lifting weights, oh, well, it makes you bulky. And uh, every weightlifter I know yeah. hurts their shoulders. They've so they've just already written it off because they are probably too lazy to try it in the first place because it's yeah. easier just to saddle up on your bicycle and yeah. just pedal away and coast whenever you want. And you're sitting. Yeah. And like I can make the same argument for uh, running in, in a certain degree. Sure. Um, not you ultra runners, not you guys. Dude, y'all are a different kind of beast. We ain't talking about you yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Marcinix, y'all the best. Anyway, um, the so that's the first piece of advice. Second piece of advice is uh, like, it, it's funny, like don't let something like confidence hold you back because the ironic thing is that when you start doing it, your confidence is going to increase because you're showing yourself every day by literally your own hands picking up heavy shit, your brain is registering that as like, look, I can overcome things. Look, I can overcome things. And like yeah. every time you do it, you're re, you're redefining and refining that pattern in your mental yeah. scape. And that is like, if you want confidence, that is the way to get confidence is to show yourself you can overcome yeah. struggle. That reminds me of, uh, I think it was, Hodrick Gracie, who said, this is referring to jiu-jitsu, but I think the same thing can be applied to lifting weights for like general population people. But uh, he said that jiu-jitsu makes men realize strength isn't as important as they thought it was and makes women realize like how strong they really are, how strong they can be. Oh, yeah. And so the same thing, like you're saying with lifting weights like it's you're you're making that connection every time you pick something up that like you're capable of overcoming something Mm -hmm. at the same time for like you know the uh uh armchair quarterbacks who are like oh yeah well i would have done this i would have done that 
uh, talking about sports or just, you know, physical feats or whatever, or their, you know, their, their heyday back in high school or whatever. Um, and they think they still have that capacity, mm-hmm. but they have no, they have no objective measure of like testing it on a regular basis, whether it's through just lifting weights mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe even like sprinting on the track or, or whatever, even if it's just running your 5k, mm-hmm. um, or doing jujitsu, you know, obviously the, the most, uh, obvious example of like what people, what you are truly capable of. Cause I hear so many, um, uh, especially women, who are, who, you know, things will be brought up of like, you know, something happened in the news, like, oh, so-and-so got abducted or, or just something that, you know, a woman was targeted Mm -hmm. and so many people saying, oh, well, if that happened to me, I think I could, you know, do this or that. And it's like, you have absolutely no idea. And that's the trick is (laughs) there's a huge difference between what you think you can do and what you can actually do. And when you start showing yourself what you can actually do, then that thought becomes more of a reality for you. Yeah. And then you're just overall like, you know, if we're talking in terms of like, you know, situational awareness and safety, like because you know what you can actually do, you, you plan, you know, you plan your, um, your perception of, of an event taking place more realistically yeah. other than like, you know, well, if I just dig deep, I bet I could, you know, pull it off. Take them down. It's like, oh no, you're so wrong. And you're going to, yeah. you're going to get yourself really hurt. Or, you know, even if it's, you know, even it's like, if it's a hike, you think you can do yeah. or like, you know, come in, like how many just people do we see on the inclines? Oh, you yeah. just cannot like you're gonna you're you might die if you like go all the way up right um and so at that pace for sure <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah i definitely think the the confidence thing shouldn't hold people back yeah and uh i don't have much to say like for for why a man should start because most men like they not well most men that i know like aren't afraid of hard work so they're they like to do work Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't take as much convincing for them. It's just the how of their work that I think yeah. is what's what. Yeah. I would but say for the men, like maybe less is more. <laughs> well, less is more. And then like focus on, you know, quality. Yeah. Quality. Like, I don't do see a lot of like, like gym bros doing like half ass curls. Yeah. Like half reps and just like Their range of motions, like 10 degrees, like ego lifting. It's like, okay, well, Okay, you can you're benching two twenty five, but you're only bringing it down about like five inches. Yeah, like and it's still a foot away from your chest. Do the complete movement, like do a whole. Yeah, and like don't skip leg day, guys. Don't skip leg day. There's nothing sexier to a woman than a man with some legs, like some real legs and like some real booty. Like, personally, I don't know. Maybe other women are like turned off by man butts, but I love a good man butt. Love (laughs) a good pancake ass and stick legs. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. But um, there's something I was going to say about string training. Oh, for the ladies. Well, for anybody, really. It just makes everything else seem easier. Yeah. I mean, now, if you really want everything to feel easy, do jujitsu. Like, jujitsu compared to real life, everything in life is just like, ha. Huh. Yeah. For me, like, <laughs> lifting weights is my reward from jujitsu. Yeah. Like, jujitsu is the hard work. And it's like a tune-up. Like, I feel like I gotta yeah. put myself back together with lift, lifting weights yeah, after I've, training. Yeah, it definitely helps me feel, like, more put back together because, you know, it's not, uh, it's a predictable form of resistance. Like, jujitsu mm-hmm. is like, you know, what the hell is gonna happen? Mm-hmm. And you may be, you know, being forced to twist your left for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, doing a nice heavy squat kind of resets all that and rebalances your nervous system and your body back to a, you know, a balanced baseline. And it just helps you uh, disassociate from the, the, 
the wildness of jujitsu. Yeah, it's a little more structured. Mm -hmm. Predictable. Um, yeah. And then strength training is also extremely well studied to to benefit people who are wanting to have kids. Like oh, yeah. if you want to have a, a baby, like that's a lot of it's a lot of demand on a woman's body, but if you're already putting demand on your body and strengthening your muscles, it's you're going to be able to handle it much better and you're going to be able to come back from pregnancy much easier. Oh yeah. Like, and like as far what, as your, what you look like. What is giving birth? Like what is like what do they call them when, you know, time between what? When, contractions. Contractions. What's contract? Start contracting now, motherfucker. Your muscles. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're more in touch with your muscles and you can voluntarily contract them harder. Yeah. First of all, one your your perception of pain during birth will be a lot lower mm -hmm. and two you'll probably be in labor for a much shorter amount of time. I mean, you know, all complications aside, we're just mm -hmm. talking in an ideal situation. In general, yeah. In general, um, you're going to be able to push harder and, you know, and, and you make each contraction a little more yeah, worth your time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and have the process, you know, just go more smoothly. And you're, you're ready for that experience of what it's like to contract as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. It seems like, baby prepper. I don't know. I've never done any like research or anything, but it seems like it's just like they're talking about it, waiting for the big day to like yeah. contract your muscles. Why don't you start practicing? Yeah. Like years before you just plan to have a kid, <laughs> yeah. just, it would help a lot. Well, I mean, and, I, my and all this started from, I had a PE teacher in high school who was a female and who, who encouraged us to strength train because of all the benefits. And one of her points for the women was it was easier to give birth when she had two kids, one she trained, strength trained during pregnancy, one she did not. Mm -hmm. The one that she did, everything was easier and better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, some other – this is – we're going to get a little personal here. But I think strength training has helped me a lot in my sexual experiences as well. Like, oh, you're going there. Why not? Who the fuck cares? Um, your four listeners, obviously. Obviously. And my mom. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> but – uh, I think it's helped a lot in being able, like when you know how to contract maximally, you can also learn how to relax maximally. Yeah. And I think that's a huge um, benefit for women because a lot of women don't know how to relax. Like it, even active women, like I've talked to women who like work out all the time, more than I do every day. And they, they're like, I just, I can't take a rest day. I get too much anxiety, blah, blah, blah. but they're not strength training in the same way. They're not doing, you know, heavy weight with low reps. They're doing like spin class, and Cardio. muscle endurance, like, Cardio. yeah. And so it's a lot. I think putting that demand, much demand on your nervous system requires a, a opposite and equal reaction of resting. And when you can okay. learn how to relax your muscles, you have a much better time mm -hmm. um, during the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And in general, like when you fatigue your muscles, they more easily relax mm -hmm. like later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is another mental health benefit too. Yeah. Dealing with anxiety and stuff. Just fucking anxiety out on the barbell and then come home all chill and then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Any closing thoughts? Mm, no. This is our second podcast in a row. Killing it. Killing the game. Killing the game. Um, well, I just want to say one more thing about strength training. And if you – have never like formally strength trained and I don't mean like a bodybuilder. I don't mean like a spin class or Instagram group classes don't count. Um, like actually like a, you know, isolation, butt exercises, a program, you know, a, you know, a, 
general uh, physical preparedness type of program um, designed by like a professional mm-hmm. or if you, you know, um, one, just make sure your form is correct. Like do not slack on form. And secondly, don't be married to any one exercise or piece of equipment. If something doesn't feel right, like listen to your body and figure out a progression or a variation that feels right for you. Cause everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Like Darian and I have vastly different body proportions, even though we're like almost the same height and weight. Um, but our proportions are incredibly different. <laughs> and so we do different exercises based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if you don't know what you're doing, get help. Find someone who does. Pay someone to make you do it right. And don't be married to any one exercise. Find what works for you. And, you know, weightlifting is a good way, just like yoga, is a great way to understand your own body and how it moves. Mm -hmm. And then keep it moving well over time. Yep. And keep moving well over time. I'm a big advocate for that because I see old people all the time that have come to the end of this road where they have been moving poorly their entire lives and now they're in their 80s and like, why does my shoulder hurt so bad? It's like, cause you've been reaching with your, with your pinky to the sky and your face to the floor for 40 plus years. Like that's why. So, um, also if you're looking to get a program and start something that's going to help you from a professional, think about what, how you view personal training. Like most people think about a personal trainer as somebody who's there with them every day, pointing a finger at them, blowing a whistle or whatever. Like, Maybe if you have the cognition and uh, and the motivation to strength train, which it doesn't require a lot of motivation after you do it a couple of months, um, but maybe start talking with those professionals about an alternative way to have them service you. Maybe they just take you through a program initially, make sure you're doing it well, and then you carry it out on your own and you don't have to have somebody, you don't have to pay somebody to be there every single time, but you can still give them you know, you can still compensate them for their, for their ability to construct your program and take you through the f- proper form. And that way, you know, both of you guys win. Cause I know some people get personal trainers and they're like, yeah, I got a trainer and it lasted for like three months. And, but it's like, you know, they, they didn't need somebody there to hold their hand, but they hired somebody there to hold their hand. Yeah. Like understand what you actually need before you go to a professional so that you can yeah. one, not get hustled and two, be able to get the most benefit on both ends. Yeah. And ideally find a trainer with experience. If they're no offense to the early 20 somethings who just got their trainer certification, but like if you're, if you're going to a trainer and they're just trying to like smoke you every single workout. Yeah. Not experienced. They're not doing it right. And you're not getting what you asked for. Um, and so just, Make sure you do your research before just, you know, standing on BOSU balls and juggling with uh, any just like, you know, big box gym trainer. I definitely think when a client comes to you or me or whatever, when they come with a clear understanding of what they're looking to gain, it's a lot easier to service them than it is when they're just like, I don't know, I want to work out. It's like, okay, there's a lot of ways to work out. (laughs) So like try to get clear on what you actually want from your trainer. Yeah, that's hugely important. And you, and trainers can help you do that, help you formulate goals. Um, but it's, it is a lot better if you, you know, 
like the saying goes, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Right. So know where you want to go and then get on the most, you know, direct road. All right. Thanks so much again for listening to Women's Healthy Living Club podcast. Um, Until the next podcast, I hope that you take very good care of yourself, that you look into getting yourself on a strength training program after listening to all the benefits. Um, I'll be keeping update or I'll be keeping you guys updated on how I'm doing with strength training, any additional benefits I may be feeling from it or what have you. But so far, so good. I really love the routine. Um, on the, there were days that have come up where I've wanted to skip the, <laughs> the day and I didn't want to go or I didn't want to pick up the weights and start setting them up. But um, luckily, I have a great hubby and he encouraged me to like, come on, just just go and do the warm up and see what happens. And almost every time I start moving and I start feeling more and more willing to move and I feel better after doing the lifting program. So get yourself on some weightlifting and you will feel better for it and do better for it. And yeah, until the next time I say good day.